0: Hello and welcome to the PCOS Nutritionist Podcast. If we haven't met yet, my name's Claire, I'm a registered nutritionist and I also have a degree in exercise science and I focus on PCOS, solely on PCOS because frankly it's a massive freaking topic in itself Um, and I have a personal vendetta against PCOS because I have it too and I know how frustrating the symptoms can be and I want to help you work with your body rather than fighting against it and I want you to help you to understand your body and why it's doing what it's doing. So this podcast is an Ask Me Anything podcast. Um, I submit a question box on my Instagram stories. So Instagram, I'm at the PCOS Nutritionist uh, once a week. And I choose one or two questions to answer in this short fire podcast during the week. So this question was actually asked last week, but I'd already answered a bunch of questions about uh, hirsutism, um, which is abnormal hair growth for females and I'd already done that one but then I saw this one come up and I thought actually that's a really 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 good question I know that so many of you will be asking this so I thought that I had to do this. So this question was from Simran so I hope that I've said your name right there Simran um, but her question was okay so my testosterone levels my insulin and inflammation are all normal so why am I still getting hirsutism? So there's two parts of this question or two answers to this question, Simran. So The first answer is that the right tests haven't been done, and the second part is that the tests that you've got are not sensitive enough to pick up that information, okay? So let's look at the first part of the question. First part is that the right tests haven't been done, the most sensitive tests haven't been done, and this is what I commonly see happening with insulin, especially, So a lot of people will have been to the doctor and their doctor may have tested them and they said I want to get my insulin tested and their doctor will run a test called an HbA1c which is the amount of blood glucose that you have stuck to your red blood cells. So it should be a good indicator of because your red blood cells uh, supposedly turn over once every 30 days so it should be a good indicator of how good your blood glucose is over a long period of time rather than the other test which they might do, which is a fasting glucose, which is just how much glucose is in your blood at that point in time when they took your blood blood glucose, or the other test they might do is a fasting insulin. Okay. All of those tests will likely pick up when you are in a later stage of insulin resistance, going more towards type 2 diabetes. I would say that 90% of the women that I see um, either one on one or coming through the piecewise protocol have already had tests like an hba c or a fasting blood glucose done and they have come back normal and so they are wanting to know what's going on and in most of those cases while those tests are normal their insulin isn't functioning optimally and we can prove that to them through the protocol so i would say this isn't this isn't a well, it's a very common thing to happen similar and you're definitely not the only person that's like oh all my tests have come back normal now what um this is a really really common occurrence one podcast that highlights this really well is the podcast that I did it was the second episode ever that we did of this podcast and it was with Dr Dana who was one of the women who came through my protocol now she is a medical doctor Um, And she had been trying to understand why she was gaining weight, why she was getting all these PCOS symptoms, and what she could do about it. She'd tried uh, hormonal birth control, metformin, a lot of the drugs, but nothing seemed to be working. And she'd done all the tests on herself. She'd run all the blood panels because she had that available to her and she was looking at her results and being like these are all within the normal range she even uh, contacted her gynecologist who said to her you know you're not pre-diabetic you're nowhere even close but when she came into the protocol I was able to explain to her that the test that she was looking at HbA1c was really insensitive for picking up early stage insulin resistance and even well before you get to sort of being in a pre-diabetic level or a you know type 2 diabetic level your, in- your insulin can be high enough to be triggering your body to overproduce androgens. And I'll get to that in a minute because I know you said that your testosterone is not high. But so that, I think that is a really key point to make is that you don't have to be in the clinical range of like HbA1c or fasting blood glucose to have your insulin not working optimally, okay? So just, that's a, a really common thing. You're not the only person. Um, have a listen to Dana's episode episode And that will help you understand a little bit more about why someone else can have um, normal tests and actually things are not actually going on normally in their body. In terms of where we're seeing this backed up in the research, there's a really good article in the journal Metabolic Syndrome and Related Disorders. It was published in 2014, I think, by um, Fangzian and Co., um, and what they found is that they they were looking at the use of HbA1c to diagnose diabetes and pre-diabetes. Okay, and they, what they found was that if used alone to diagnose pre-diabetes, HbA1c would only pick up 26.9% of cases. Okay, so that's almost, well that's 75 just just shy of 75% or three quarters of people would be told, no, your blood sugar is fine, you are not pre-diabetic, when in fact it wasn't, okay? So it's a huge number. So it would just mean that if you're only getting these tests done um, and that's the only thing, you're very, very likely to be being, you know, told everything's fine when it's not. And I think that the authors of this paper picked it up quite nicely when they said that HbA1c results in many misdiagnoses when used as a sole diagnostic criterion and it is not does not reliably exclude the presence of diabetes and pre-diabetes respectively. Okay, so that was what the authors there concluded. The second part of your question is then... Regarding well, the second part of my answer was regarding the fact that sometimes the blood levels don't accurately reflect what's going on in the body, and this is often the case for testosterone. This is why it can be so hard to diagnose PCOS because we've been known—it's been known for a long time—that levels of androgens in the blood are not particularly accurate reflection of what's going on in your body. So to be diagnosed with PCOS, you must have two out of three of the following. One is irregular or missing periods, one is cysts on the ovaries, and two is high androgens in the blood or a presence of um, like high androgen features. And that would be acne, hirsutism, abnormal hair growth, hair loss in the male pattern areas. Those are really the um, the clinical features of high androgens. So androgens are the family of quote unquote male hormones. So testosterone, were the one that you know the most. Um, there's also DHEAS yes, and androstenodione. Okay, and I have seen countless times where um, a woman will be presenting with abnormal like facial hair growth, but on when we look at her blood work, her testosterone is like on the low side. And the reason for this is that what happens inside your body is that your body actually wants to get rid of excess hormones. And the way it does this is, is it breaks them down in the liver and then excretes them out in your urine. So what can happen is that your body could have already broken down those the testosterone into its what they call metabolites so when something's broken down it's the the what's left is called its metabolites so it could have broken those down and they are actually what can cause a lot of the damage so this is where i'll often see if i do a more sensitive test like a dutch test i will see so for example on this patient who will call um sarah I, she was presenting with really low levels of testosterone in the blood, we ran the Dutch test, again she had low levels of testosterone there, but the two parts that testosterone is broken down into, which is etiocholanolone and andosterone, those were both really high, especially the andosterone part, which is the part that is really androgenic, okay, it's the thing that is, if you have high levels of that, you're more than likely to be, um, having issues with facial hair growth or abnormal hair growth um, or hair loss or severe acne so testosterone in the blood doesn't always paint an accurate picture and if i saw a woman who was saying "Well, i don't have high testosterone and yet she'd been diagnosed with PCOS or she had clinical features of high testosterone like abnormal hair growth or hair loss or acne then i would be Saying, I think that those tests are not accurately portraying what's actually going on inside your body. And I think that we can pretty much just assume for most people, most women with PCOS, that they do have high levels of testosterone. Because that is kind of the whole, the the point of PCOS. This is really what PCOS is, is, is a state of high levels of testosterone in the body. This is actually why they're trying to change the name of PCOS from polycystic ovarian syndrome to something along the lines of high androgen syndrome or something like that to accurately reflect what's actually going on because really the cysts don't matter (laughs) they don't really do anything all they are is just showing us that your body has had trouble ovulating and that's they are just baby eggs that haven't been released when you don't ovulate so instead of focusing on the cystic part of PCOS which is like not even really relevant let's focus on what's actually going on which is these high angigans. To further demonstrate this for you I've created a little Instagram post showing you exactly what this looks like on a test result Um, so you can see this example of where there's low testosterone but then high metabolites. What I would say is that most people don't need to go and do this this further testing though because we can already assume that testosterone is going to be high if you have got those clinical features. So if you are suffering from abnormal hair growth, then we can already assume this is happening. I don't need to go wasting your money on a test that's not really going to tell us anything more than that. Okay, The bit that you need to find out is the what's causing that. So is it insulin? Is it stress hormones? Is it thyroid is an inflammation is it a combination of lots of those and that's exactly what we do inside the PCOS protocol so if you want to find out more information about that that's the place to come and join Um, and we are very sensitive and very accurate about being able to determine what that is we don't diagnose any conditions because that's not our job but it's just trying to identify what what system in your body is not working properly so that we can accurately give you them like the most um, important lifestyle changes to make the final thing and I didn't mention this before but the final thing that could be happening is that um, it's not insulin, it's not inflammation and in fact it's your stress hormones and this is something that might not have been tested yet. So while you might have uh, normal testosterone, your DHAS, which is a brother from another mother to testosterone might be high and that could be leading to a lot of um, the abnormal hair growth as well. So when I say a brother from another mother testosterone is produced in your ovaries, it's produced in your fat tissue, it's produced in some of your organs. Whereas DHAS, it does the same thing as testosterone, but it's produced in your adrenal glands in response to high levels of stress. So, what I'll provide for you as well to highlight this is I'll provide a um a chart of my own test results as of February last year. Um, I got this test done because I was re- waking up feeling really shattered. Um, and I kind of figured that my stress hormones weren't working properly and I wanted to get some clarity on that and sure enough on that test result my testosterone is in the normal range it is sort of halfway um, between the like literally bang in the middle of the normal range and so it's certainly not like over the end of normal range which it was years ago when I first got diagnosed with PCOS okay so my testosterones come down significantly. but my DHAS is very high. It is right at the end of the highest point of the normal range. So if the normal range is 750 minus 722 which is yeah very very high. So I can see there that my stress hormones were playing a part and that was then resulting in um, more kind of PCOS like symptoms as well more acne, um, harder time losing weight. Things like that, so you can see there that why um, while testosterone, why testosterone is not the be all and end all marker to get tested, and um, and sometimes it can be these other androgens that are causing the issue. Again, it's not a like not important to be going in and testing everything like this. The most because we kind of already assume that these guys are out of range. Okay, if you've been diagnosed with PCOS, we know your androgens are going to be higher. Okay, whether it says so in the blood or not. Um, we'll probably fi- we could figure that out doing more sensitive tests. Whether it's worth the money for you, probably not, because it's not going to necessarily give you any more information. Um, it would be the next layer of trying to figure that out of what actually is causing those high levels. So, someone, I hope that helped, and I hope anyone else that is aren't asking the same thing. And I know this is super common. Why does everything look normal when my body certainly doesn't? Isn't acting normal or doesn't feel normal? And I hope that gives you some clarity as to why that can happen. So three things, just reiterate. One is that the tests that you've got aren't sensitive enough. Second is that the um, the levels on in your blood don't accurately reflect what's going on in your body. And third is that they just there's been things that they just haven't looked at. Okay, so that's all for this week. Until next week, where we've got uh, our next episode, which is all about sleep. Now, stand by for our disclaimer. The information contained in this podcast has been prepared for the purpose of providing information, including about the PCOS Nutritionist products and services, and is designed to support clients' overall wellness. It is not intended to provide medical advice or designed to rectify, treat, or cure any specific medical conditions or diseases. Nothing stated or shared in our podcast is intended to be, and must not be taken to be, medical advice. Please seek the advice of professionals, as appropriate, regarding the evaluation of any specific information, opinion, advice, or content contained in our podcast.